I love the uh, question that begins with, what are we waiting for? Come on and praise the Lord. And that's what we're going to do today. We're going to just do something a little bit different. Um, a couple reasons. We're finishing our uh, series in Philippians today. And part of my concern sometimes is that we finish a series. Next week, we'll start an Easter series and we jump from content to content. And I think sometimes it's important to have a moment to sit with what we've been learning. So what we're going to do this morning is I'm going to close out Philippians 4. And then we're going to continue worshiping through music this morning. We're going to take communion together this morning, but we're going to have different pastoral staff lead us back through Philippians and we're going to hit key points in Philippians one, two, three, and four. And we're just going to reflect on them. We're going to sit with them. We're going to pray through them because I think it's really important to go back and see where we've been and live it out. Uh, the song that we just sang was all about rejoicing. It was all about praising the Lord. And it leads us perfectly well into Philippians chapter four. In Philippians chapter four, as Paul finishes his letter to the church at Philippi, he writes to them some final words of encouragement. And as he writes these final words of encouragement, what Paul wants the church at Philippi to do is to walk steadfastly in the, the presence of God in relationship with him. And in so doing to experience the peace that God brings in all circumstances and in all situations. So in Philippians 4, 4, Paul writes this to the church at Philippi. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Now, let, let, me, let me just pause there. Think about this. Paul is finishing his letter to the church at Philippi. He's writing from prison. He's writing from a place of suffering. And he writes to this church that likewise is experiencing challenge. They're experiencing moments of disunity and they've experienced moments of persecution. And you think, what are some of the most important things that you could write to this church? And as Paul's finishing his letter, one of the most important things that he writes to the church at Philippi is to rejoice. Now, to rejoice is to respond with joy and in thanksgiving and with praise to who God is and what he's done. And this is so important for Paul. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. He says, this is so important, I'm gonna say it again. So he says, rejoice. Paul wants the church at Philippi to grasp the significance and the importance of living in a place of rejoicing. And what strikes me is that when Paul says this, it is with the force of a command. They, they are commanded, they are called to in a place of obedience to be a people who rejoice. And, and I think we often take the, the commands of scripture very seriously. And yet my concern is that we let ourselves off the hook when rejoicing is commanded. And what strikes me is Paul doesn't just say rejoice when things are good. He says rejoice in the Lord always, regardless of your circumstances, no matter what situation you're in, our primary response should be one of rejoicing. This last week, uh, our pastoral staff, we were at our annual district conference out in California. And one, one of my favorite moments every year, we get to connect with pastors from all over. We hear some great teaching. We get some great things that we're reminded of. So I've been looking forward to this trip for a long time. And I got so terribly sick this week that I spent two days sitting in a room, laying in bed, missing the whole thing. And I'm just frustrated, angry, right? Thursday is a long day of travel back home from a conference I didn't even really get to go to. So we leave uh, nine o'clock in the morning from California. I get home 11 p.m. at night. And we land in Sioux Falls. We drive to Brookings. I'm, I'm driving home. And before I get home, turning into our neighborhood, my wife texts me and says, hey, just a heads up, one of our kids just got sick. Right? <laughs> 
And so I get home at 11 o'clock. I'm exhausted and I'm still sick and hacking up a lung. And I walk in and the bathroom is a scene of sickness and horror that I did not love. And can I tell you, church, my heart was not rejoicing, right? And I walked into this and I'm cleaning up the bathroom and I'm just bitter in my heart and just frustrated and annoyed. And, and the Holy Spirit has a funny way of bringing things to mind at really annoying moments, right? So I'm cleaning up all of the things that happen when a child gets sick. And in my mind, I hear Philippians 4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I'll say it, rejoice. And part of me is like, hey, this can't be what Paul had in mind, right? Rejoice to the Lord right now when nothing is going the way that I wanted it to. And yet in that moment, as I thought about it and I began to say, you know what, Jesus, I'm thankful that my kids are healthy. Like, yes, this is a, a momentary sickness, but in general, my kids are healthy. I'm thankful for my marriage. I'm thankful for my house. And it was this moment where when I started to rejoice, what it did is it changed my perspective and made me realize like, yes, my circumstances are not what I wish they were in the moment. And yet God is in his character and his provision and his grace is really good. And so rejoicing has this way of changing our disposition off of the circumstances that are not what we would want. And it has a way of reminding us of the truth of who God is and how God's provision has been made known and how his sufficiency and his grace has been experienced. And when we look at the teaching of Philippians, what Paul has brought us through, we realize we have so much to rejoice in. If nothing else, I look at my life and I go, Lord, I am so thankful for your grace, your grace that I do not deserve, your forgiveness that I do not deserve. And yet when I was a sinner, you sent your son, Philippians 2, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. And Jesus did that for you and I. And if nothing else, church, we can rejoice in that. And rejoicing has a way of changing our perspective. And so Paul encourages the church at Philippi, no matter what you're facing, rejoice. And then Paul says this, verse six, he says, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And so as Paul continues his letter to the church at Philippi, he says, if you want to walk in the peace of God, number one, rejoice. Regardless of what you're facing, rejoice and be thankful for the grace and the provision and the power and the presence of God. And then Paul says this, he says, don't be anxious. Now, Paul is, isn't saying you, you just flip off a switch to pretend you're not anxious. No, what Paul has in mind is don't get caught in ruminating in all the things that are not what you would hope. Sometimes when our circumstances go awry, it's really easy to look at all of the things we're angry about, all of the things that we're frustrated about, all of the things that we can't change. For me, when I get anxious, so much of that anxiety is wrapped up in me being worried about things I have no power to change. And Paul says, rather than getting caught in anxiety, he says, don't be anxious about anything. He says, but in every situation, every situation, good, bad, hard, difficult, whatever, in every situation, he says, by prayer, petition, with thanksgiving, bring your request to God. Now notice that Paul encourages us in three things. Number one, to be prayerful. And how often do we as believers, we get in this situation and, and it doesn't go as we anticipated and we're frustrated and we're worried and we're anxious and we go, what am I going to do about it? I think in those moments we need to do what Paul says and rather than worrying and fretting about it, lift it up to God in prayer. And how often is prayer, what should be our first resort, is so often our last resort. And unless we can be a people like Paul encourages the Philippian church to let prayer be our first response. 
Paul says, bring it with prayer. And he says, then with petition. This means consistently bringing things before God with a sense of urgency. To be consistently a people of prayer that rather than getting stuck in anxiety, we're bringing it before God in prayer with urgency and with consistency and with perseverance, saying, Lord, these are the things that are on my heart. And notice the third thing Paul says. He says, prayer, petition number three, and with thanksgiving. Man, this, this is hard in the difficult situations, right? Where things haven't gone like we wanted, it's really hard to come before God with thanksgiving. And yet Paul says, in every situation, by prayer, petition, with thanksgiving, bring your requests before God. And he says, when we do that, verse seven, he says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. I love this. The God's peace that is so great and so profound that we can't even begin to grasp it in its fullness. He says, this peace of God that is beyond your ability to even understand. He says, it will guard your heart and it will guard your mind in Christ Jesus. This is the profound reality of doing life in Christ is that we can know the peace and the power and the presence of Jesus Christ in any and every situation. So church, what I want us to do this morning is spend some time rejoicing. We're gonna go back again through Philippians. We're gonna hit some key highlights in Philippians 1, 2, 3, and 4, and we're gonna sit with it and we're gonna reflect it and we're gonna pray through it and we're gonna rejoice together because here's the thing again. We look at a lot of the commands of scripture and we take them seriously. I'm pretty convinced that a lot of times we let ourselves off the hook with rejoicing and thankfulness. But to live with a lack of rejoicing and to live with a lack of thankfulness is to be disobedient to the truth of God's word. And so we're gonna spend some time doing just that this morning, rejoicing and being thankful. Would you stand and pray with me as we continue in worship? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the truth of your word. I thank you for Paul's teaching and his writing to the church at Philippi. And Lord, we so resonate with what Paul writes. It's really easy sometimes to get lost in worry and fretting and anxiety. And I pray, Father, in those moments, rather than getting caught up in the anxious turmoil of all the things we can't change, God, I pray that we would take seriously what Paul says, that we would rejoice always, regardless of our circumstances. And that we would let your character redefine how we see our circumstances, even when they're not what we want. And Father, I pray in those moments where we feel overwhelmed, that we would be faithful to do what Paul says, that we would, with prayer and petition and thanksgiving, bring our needs and cares and concerns before you. And as we surrender them to you, Lord, would your peace be a guard on our heart and on our mind that we can stay steadfastly rooted in you, in your truth, in your word, and in your presence, Lord. Father, we love you. And we're thankful, Lord, that no matter what comes, do you have good plans for us. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.